and welcome back to The Call to Worship. I am your host, Eloisa Guerrero. In today's episode, we have Asad Safe joining us. Welcome. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, let's get right to it, shall we? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I can. Um, my name is Asad Safe, and uh, I've been in pastoral ministry now since 1999, wow. which is a long time. <laughs> I'm old, so uh, 22 years, and I, I started when I was 19 years old, which means um, I've been doing this a long time. And uh, my first job in the church was um, I was a janitor, and because I couldn't get paid to do anything else, I didn't really know <laughs> anything else about church, and and so I I was a volunteer intern for two years. I didn't get paid at, at a church. And I, I worked two jobs in order to do that. And um, yeah, I mean, my story just continues to go on. I mean, as far as my career, you know, I, and I I went from that intern position to a director position in high school ministry to high school pastor at a mega church. It was a church of, of 2,500 or so. So my, my youth ministry was 200 high school students. Wow. And then so by we, yourself? Yeah. Wow. Junior high. Um, with junior high and high school and college was a total of about, I think the church size was 500, just, just junior high, high school and college. Yeah. And so I have a history in the mega church world. Mm-hmm. And, and so I got hired to come to a place called Jordan Outreach Fellowship, sorry, Jordan Outreach Ministries. And that was a ministry that was a lot smaller. We're talking like 20 people, 20 mm-hmm. students. And uh, my my job there was to do um, um, youth and worship and to develop a youth and worship and a children's worship and a youth worship program. And, and nice. so I got a bunch of volunteers, instruments, taught students how to play drums and all the things and taught students how to use computers so that they could have worship services. And uh, I, I learned a lot about people that were living in motels, mm. uh, people that were had parents that were alcoholics and um, uh, living at home um, people that had houses but they had heroin addictions I mm. mean so the ministry was geared toward helping students and kids that were in difficult scenarios and we would bring them to a facility where they could um, ride horses and learn how to speak different languages wow. we would have dinner with them every day and, and then we would do a ministry where we went out to the fields and we would, in Spanish, have to figure out, <laughs> with my broken Spanish, <laughs> um, have to figure out how to connect with, with uh, students that would never leave their homes because they were living in condemned mm-hmm. housing mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, wow. So um, so from this rich mega church to yeah. this extreme uh, other end, and then I got a I got a call to come serve at a church in Escondido called Emmanuel Faith. And I was there for 11 years before I launched out from there with their blessing and their financial support and their spiritual support to start a church called the Orchard Community Church. And, awesome. And that's where I met you. Yeah. So I met you there. And uh, yeah, that's been a whole journey. I've been doing that for almost seven years now. I started out as someone who had a parents. My dad was Muslim and my mom was Catholic. And then they got divorced after I was uh, about eight years old. So eight years into their relationship. And then my mom converted um, to Christianity by way of the Foursquare Church. Oh, okay. So I was kind of 
you know, baptized in the Foursquare Church yeah. first when I was 10 years old, even though I didn't really get it. Yeah. And then I was going to the mosque with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little lost. I was so spiritually confused. <laughs> and part of my story is I had friends that were in uh, the Indian nation. They and and I would go to powwows with them and oh wow, kind of dance in the dirt and, and around uh, and participate in those ceremonies. Wow. So it's kind of a this this Catholic Muslim and then this kind of spiritualist yeah upbringing. That's yeah. all before I had an encounter with Jesus. Wow. And I encountered Jesus at at 17 years old and in my room i i was depressed and mm. heard a voice from the lord kind of remind me of all the sermons i heard and mm. i'd heard the gospel presented over a hundred times so i'm one of those guys where you show up to church show up to church show up to church but and i hear something but i didn't respond yeah and after years of that i finally responded as a high school student at 17 years old Wow. Gave my life to Christ, and then I joined the church. That's why I joined the this big old church right after that. And so wow! That's when that and you whole, got to work right away. Yeah, I went to work as a janitor, and then wow. uh, so there's a whole lot of stories in between there. Everyone has big stories. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's been my a little bit of my journey. That's how much God loves you, though. That when He like takes you out, He takes you out. Mm-hmm. Like He doesn't leave you in the same place, right? You're right. It's I felt like literally like removed from my world my yeah. old world yeah yeah so um, i married a girl who was at that the big church mm-hmm. so i grew up in a really poor community she grew up in a really wealthy community mm. and so when we got married she she understood more what a poor community was. <laughs> <laughs> i was like so we're gonna have to eat beans and rice do you, do you... beans and rice and cheese with rice that's right yes. and she was like I don't know how to do make that and so i was like i don't either but we're about to learn yeah. and this is all before youtube right yeah so, so I, know, I call my mom hey can you come to my house and teach us how to make and so um yeah yeah so and, and being an intern at a, at a young person i got married when i was 20 years old mm. so being a, a young married person uh, without a lot of money paying rent and trying not to get evicted yeah um not getting paid sometimes because I had to raise my funding. Mm-hmm. My wife was a server at a restaurant, so she was the breadwinner, you know, for a lot of years. Probably for the first four years of our marriage, mm-hmm. she was the main provider. Wow! And then I had to go. To, I ended up going to school and and uh, climbed the ranks. And church work isn't really lucrative mm-hmm. early on. It takes a long, long time of building your career until uh, it starts to make sense like okay wait it, this is worth it <laughs> i never i never even knew um that ministry paid until yeah. i met you oh, until really? i came to the orchard oh yeah because i come from you know like going to hispanic churches where nobody gets paid not the pastor not anybody gets yeah. paid you know and everybody does it like voluntarily and just because they have a calling for it and it is what it is and that's all that there is right, so right, when right. i came to the orchard like it was totally different for me i was like whoa what you get paid what oh yeah you know um i used to thing at churches and they would give us what we called love offerings but that was totally different for us you know yeah and so that that was the only way that i knew that money came from a ministry (laughs) yeah so i got invited to speak in canada once a friend of mine went to a church in canada and floated my name to a pastor 
I had a chance to develop a speaking ministry that was kind of international, which was cool. That's awesome. It was cool. And so this church, it was about a church of 200. And then it was connected to a church that was probably a thousand, but 20 miles away. So they were connected, but yeah. not the same. Yeah. They flew me and my wife out. Wow. And then they paid me, I don't know, like probably almost a week's worth of my salary. Wow. Um, for one message. Wow. Which kind of tells you, so, I mean, there's, there's, That's God's favor right yeah, there. I mean, you can, you can develop mm-hmm. a, a, a life yeah. of, yeah. of kind of carving out yeah. space to survive in ministry. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier when there's an organized path. Right. Um, but that also requires um, experience. It requires understanding uh, different cultural values. Like it's, when I say cultural values, like you were mentioning a, a Hispanic, yeah, Spanish speaking, yeah, um, church, mm-hmm. and in a denomination maybe or, or outside of one, the, both of those both. exist, yeah. And then you take that and then you compare it to let's just say a, a, in in San Diego County, a big church like North Coast, North Coast Church. So North Coast Church probably has a hundred to two hundred people on staff, right? So yeah. As soon as you have a staff, you have you have insurance to pay, mm-hmm. you have yeah. liability, yeah. workman's comp, like they have everything. to pay workman's everything. comp. It's a business. Yeah. So to do that, you you ask people to quit and leave what they could earn mm-hmm. in the in the private sector right. or in the public space. Like so, mm-hmm. I could have gone on to be a teacher at a, a high school or or a college. Maybe I would love to teach like at a at a, a master's level school. Yeah. Because um, you do have your master's. I do, and I have my doctorate. Mm-hmm. You actually. have your doctorate. Right. So, yes. like, I, I would love to teach at that level. Right. Um, but um, so to, to, to leave that, yeah. then the church has to say, well, okay, well, this is what we can do because they can't match right. it. Right. Right. They can't match what you could make at a exactly. you know, higher learning or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, there's balance. And, at some point, you know, my wife and I, over the past, especially, you know, after COVID, right? Mm-hmm. COVID was brutal. Like, I there was a stat that said um, 30% or higher of pastors have left their ministries yeah. Yeah. Uh, during COVID. Yeah. And they're never going, they've stated they're never going back to a church. Oh, wow. So it's not just leave and, and, and go to another one. Yeah. This is leave and never come back. Wow. There's that stat, and then the other stat is called, and everyone's facing this right now. It's called the, it's called the great. Let's say, oh, the great resignation. So across the country right now, there's a phenomenon of people that are quitting, leaving, and moving. And everybody around in, in the United States, it's like people are quitting, moving. It's we've experienced that at our church. We have people that we love that have um, left and moved across the country. There's mm-hmm. people that are moving here. So mm-hmm. just the other day, I was contacted by somebody that's moved from up north and said hey i'm moving there nice. about your church i want to connect awesome know. so it's kind of it's this whole shifting yeah yeah world and um yeah anyway it's it's, it's been a it's been a great challenge but that's a little bit about me nice my world well from what we've heard from your story you've had a lot of opportunity to see a call to worship right yeah um so can you explain to us what what to you means to have a call to worship yeah, I, I listened to your uh, your first two podcasts in order to kind of prepare. Thank and you. So if you're listening today, <laughs> I'm going to encourage you to go listen to the first two podcasts. 
because I think that's really important. Subscribe because Lois is awesome. Thank you. Love her podcast. And yeah, I think when we, so in the church world, when we think about worship, we tend to think about music Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. music has been labeled worship. Yep. And that's your first thought. It is. Yep. And it was my first experience. So I was moved as a young person mm-hmm. before I knew Christ to worship God, meaning incline my thoughts, my intention, mm-hmm. my heart, like align my heart to God. Right. And that happened through words I was singing mm-hmm. and how I was emotionally moved um, in that moment. Right. right. So the music was moving and yeah. it grabbed my heart. Yeah. I'm a musician at heart. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I was moved. I was emotionally moved. And then I was spiritually kind of pulled. Mm-hmm. And that's the call. When, when yeah. you talk about the calls, like, it felt like a tug. It's like when you go fishing. Yeah. And that first little nibble yeah. you get, it's yeah. like, and then it pulls it. It's the, the right, the, the fish is biting on the hook. Yeah. And I feel like that's how God was grabbing me. Mm. But I didn't bite. Mm. So for years and years, I just didn't, I was like, nah, I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, you know, like praying and, you know, I was praying with my dad in a mosque, which is like organized prayer. Yeah. I, prayed yeah. My, my, I went to a Catholic church. And yeah. So I prayed in, in those. From one organized to another organized. Yeah. So <laughs> when, we, when we, by the time we got to like the Foursquare movement, this whole scenario in a church where we were worshiping, but it was it was free mm-hmm. and we were supposed to be exploring God. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was a little skeptical about it all, you know? Yeah. And I would say if I'm being really honest, if I'm being really honest, one of the first real clear calls to worship God, because I, I, I loved what you said in, in your second podcast, uh, podcast number two, by the way, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, if you're, but I, you, you referenced Romans 12, 1 and 2, mm-hmm. right? So um, to, to offer your life as a living yes. sacrifice. That That's the, re- like to me, yeah. beyond music, that's like a real call. Yeah. Like, yeah. am I going to give my life to the Lord yeah. and in, intend um, or, or, and organize my, my life in a way where I'm going to worship God? Um, I, I felt that, and this is going to sound crazy, but I doubt it. It was, I was 15 years old. I was having a, a, an ungodly relationship mm-hmm. with a woman. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Let me just say, I wasn't married. <laughs> it wasn't ungodly, not to me, right? But anyway. And it wasn't a woman. It was a woman. Oh. So I was dating, I was dating a young, I was 15 years old. She was a young girl. I was a young girl. Oh, oh boy. I mean, she was a young girl. I was a young boy. <laughs> Okay, let's get past this. And, <laughs> you know, like, we were doing st- stupid teen stuff. Yeah. Know? Like, we were just... Who doesn't? I just, well, I was kissing. We were kissing and hugging and doing all this stuff you're not supposed to do. I wasn't a believer, though. Yeah. So I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. And she was a believer, but it was also like, you know, she, she grew up in the church, but wasn't sold out. Mm. You know, so we were just a couple of teens that didn't really weren't we didn't feel the call to worship right, right? like the, yeah. the whole calling but so i would go to with her to her church and just totally fake yeah you know, all my experiences and uh, just to be with her just to be with her okay right 
So she would go in youth camps and blah, blah, blah. And I would always show up and all, all the church staff would always be mad. Like, oh, he came. Because like, <laughs> they wanted her to be worshiping God. Oh. And I was a distraction. Yes. Of course, right? And so this was a church that had prophetess, prophetesses, mm-hmm. prophetesses, prophetesses, plural. They had uh, prophets. They had, um, it was a, like a Pentecostal uh it was a four square, but it was more Pentecostal. Okay. So the pastor was prophesying, meaning he was like speaking truth um, in a prayer form mm-hmm. over students. And I was one of the students and I was walking by. They called everybody up. And one of the women, the, the, the prophetess, she grabbed my hand and she spoke to me. She spoke over me and then she pulled me like pulled my arm up and I was a non-believer. Like, yeah. I, like I was, you're like, what are you doing? Not a believer, you know, I'm here for the girls. Yeah. You know, that's what <laughs> I went to church for the girls. And you know, I, it, cause it would have cost me a lot. Mm-hmm. My dad being Muslim yeah. to say no to Islam and then say yes to Jesus would mean I lose my father. Mm. And my father at that time was my primary provider. Okay. So, he was the one that offered me a pathway to education. Okay. He was the one that offered me vehicles, a job. I worked with him. Yeah. He offered me money. Like everything was on my hanging on my dad. Yeah. And my mom was awesome. She supported me, but everything was hanging on my dad. Mm-hmm. And so, so this, you weren't ready for that. No, this prophetess yeah. said, "Hey," she pulled my arm, and I'm like, "Okay, now I gotta fall down." Or whatever. <laughs> like, what's what's the next step here? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like that guy's Are falling down. Me? Maybe I'm gonna fall down and I'm gonna start wiggling here. These two guys gonna come back and get me. Like I'm gonna, like I'm trying to figure it out, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. Know. I was. Yeah, you're you're like what what? I didn't get the whole church. Yeah, I didn't understand any of it. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, I don't want to get found out. Right. I think my primary motive was, I just don't want to be found out mm. and be found to be a fake and all that. You yeah. Know, like, called out in front of everybody. Yeah. That was my biggest fear. So okay. I wasn't trying to make fun of the church. I was right. just like, oh, man, you know. I want to continue to come. I just want to continue. Here. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. get kicked out. Yeah. And, you know, my, uh, my girlfriend comes here. I like the song. I love the songs. Yeah. So the woman grabs my hand. She yanks my arm. And she calls over to the pastor. And she says, Pastor, Pastor. Uh, his name was Pastor Bobby. And... Um, Roberto, it was, it was, it was, uh, he was English and Spanish, oh. but they call him Pastor Bobby. So he's okay. like, Pastor Bobby. And he's like, yeah. She goes, I have a pastor here. And I was like, uh, I don't You're all where? Where, where is he? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. And because I had not given my life to Christ, I was yeah. like, I, this lady's crazy. Yeah. I don't even know what that means, you know, like. I don't get the Bible. Like I read it, but I was reading the Bible as a young person. Yeah. But I was, I didn't get it. I read the Bible because I'm Middle East. So my dad's Middle Eastern, my mom's mm-hmm. Mexican. Mm-hmm. So as a Middle Eastern person, you learn early on, at least experience with Islam, that that your family's connected to Abraham and Isaac right. and and, and, uh, and Ishmael. Yeah. So the Arabs come from the line of Ishmael, mm-hmm. not the line of Isaac. The Jews mm-hmm. come from the line of Isaac. So. You know, th- there's so much spiritual content that's available that you just start. I just started reading Genesis and Exodus and all that stuff just because I wanted to know about Abraham and Isaac. And yeah, your ancestry. Exactly. Yeah. So 
So when she said I was, uh, she had a pastor, I just kind of brushed it off. And that was when I was 15. And when I was 16, or sorry, 17, I had been going to that church for two years. And uh, and I I had heard the gospel. They preached it every, they made the, they made the, invitation to follow jesus clear every wednesday and every sunday wow so i i say to people oh i heard the gospel 100 times i probably yeah. heard the gospel 200 times yeah 300 or more times. than yeah. that yeah so i was walking home and i i was i was ready to give my life to christ now that was when i was 17 yeah and then so i would say i heard the call to worship when i was 15. Mm. i responded individually when i was 17 and then i had to respond publicly now before baptism. Yeah. So I got baptized when I was ten, but it didn't really, you know. Like, yeah, it didn't I, count. <laughs> my mom just wanted me to get baptized. Yeah. And I and I, they got me baptized in the Catholic Church as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like baptized there. They got baptized when I was ten. And when I was seventeen, um, I made a personal decision and I went to church with a friend, they did a baptism and I was not ready, I didn't have any clothes or nothing. And I said, I'm gonna, I wanna be baptized right now. And it was at a hotel spa. Wow. That this church just crashed. Like I just happened to go to church. Yeah. And there it's some random church. Like some random. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, you know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna go over to that hotel. We're just gonna baptize people. I'm like, what well, did you ask them? And they're like, <laughs> Well, they don't, you know, no one's gonna say anything. Yeah. I was like, okay. So a hundred people show up to this like church, this hotel. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I wanna do this right now. Yeah. And they're like you don't have any clothes and i said i don't care i said you read the passage in acts chapter 7 you read it you said that the the ethiopians just said hey baptize me in that pool of water i want i want yeah. that yeah and they were like okay brother boom that was wow it. and that was like my real like okay i'm gonna do this so i was public yeah. and then the next steps i had to tell my dad yeah and i feel like that was really clear so i kept worshiping with my dad in a mosque mm. for about six months after after and i was praying to jesus in the mosque oh wow and i later came to understand that's what that's called an insider movement Mm -hmm. meaning there's muslims that are praying in mosques that yeah we think they're muslim but really they're finding jesus yeah and you don't know which ones are which and i was one of those wow i was a muslim inside a mosque and i was learning about jesus i was in my head they're like praying like you know all that stuff and I was doing all the movements and I was doing, I was saying all the prayers, I keep touching them, like, it's okay. <laughs> but I was in my head, like they were praying one thing and I was praying, Jesus, don't, you know, have mercy on me. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this, but yeah. I don't know how to lead my dad. I was having all those prayers, doing wow. all those motions, going all the way to the floor, bowing, everything. Yeah. Right? And then it came to the point where my dad said, hey, I'll go to, you know, I went to my work with him. And then he said, hey, I want you to go to the mosque. And I, so I went over there. I, I told my dad, I can't go to the mosque anymore. Wow. And he's like, Why Just not? out of the blue. Yeah, I was ready. I was. It was before I turned 18. It was the summer of my 17th year. And I said, I was ready to start college. Yeah. And I said, I can't do that. And he said, why? And I said, because I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. And he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. I said, I know what I'm talking about. And I'm wholly committed to Jesus. Wow. At 17, and my dad said, you are dead to me. And, you know, give me your pager. Give me your keys of the car. You are not my son. Your Your brother is now the firstborn. And I lost my birthright. So I was going to inherit everything of my dad's kingdom. Yeah. And so this is like Old Testament. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I lost my birthright. So I went home walking that day in the desert in Coachella, India, summer, 
120 degrees when wow. walking home, like 10 miles. Wow. And cried the whole time. And my next step was I went to a church and they took me in. And that church became my family. And I just started sleeping on couches, you know. So yeah. for me to worship Jesus cost me everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had nowhere. To, my mom was unhappy with me. We're at odds. Yeah. My dad was dead to me so like when people talk about like well i can't do this or that like i i personally don't get like, yeah yeah the like, little things serious? that bother christians i yeah. like i'm like i don't yeah when he says leave everything i was like okay yeah and i did it yeah and so it was so radical you know people and i realized like that's not everybody's story or whatever but that's but an amazing story that's part of my story and so church planting for me uh, seven years ago, eight years ago, actually it was 2011, I told my my uh, former pastor, Dennis Keating, who now preaches at the orchard yeah. you know, with me occasionally. He's there pretty regular. He said, I said, I want to plant a church. And he, he like leaned over and shook my hand and said, okay, so I accept your resignation. <laughs> and I was like, what? I didn't know. Whoa, no, whoa, hey. whoa, calm down. Yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was like, it's happening again. No, I, <laughs> I said, I said, no, I didn't put anything to HR. You can't do that. You know, like, what's going on? And he goes, well, no, if you want to leave this church and start a new one, it means you have to leave this one. Yeah. And start a new one. Yeah. And that's usually what it means. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, well, how do I get paid? He's like, you got to figure that out. Yeah. Like, welcome to the big boys. Like, you know, I'm not going to pay your paycheck anymore. So, so, you know, it was a long process. He was totally with me along the way, but. It was two radical steps of faith, yeah. you know, like that cost me, it cost us a lot. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a big risk. Yeah. yeah. But God's. But God's that's continue. what God calls us to do, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what Jesus did with his disciples. Yeah. He would just tell them, let's go, follow me. Right. And and some of them were kind of like, oh, I don't want to. Oh, okay, let me go get my stuff. And he's like, no, 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 just just leave everything, come. And and it's kind of like that human nature that we want to just like, no, wait, but I like you know I worked for all of this, or no, wait, like you know this this is my life, yeah. and you want me to just leave it all, you know? And for you to like actually leave it all, yeah. to know that that's what was going to happen with your dad. And to still go through with it, yes. that that's that's a true call to worship. You know? Well, it's it's another. It's just you know, I, yeah. I know, As you do these calls to worship, it's 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 different. It ones. was how the, the it was how like so for me. That's your call to worship. My call to worship was to had to be radical. Yeah. Because yeah. of the nature of my personality. Yeah. I, you know, I'm probably I'm a little bit like the Bible. I'm probably a little bit like Peter, and then I'm a little bit like Barnabas. Mm. Um, not like I'm, I'm not quite like Paul, but I'm definitely someone who, if I don't go all in, yeah, then especially with if it's a religion or you know, yeah, like I got to be all in yeah. or I won't be in at all because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I'm yeah. just like, man, yeah, but I'm serious, you know, and and it's you know, you received that call to worship when you were 15 right and so yeah. it happens with a lot of people that we receive that call and and we don't listen to it and it which is something that happened to you until you know two years later then you gave your life to christ yeah one of so one of my favorite stories when i was 13 my mom we were talking about how do i you know how you talk to god i don't believe he's real i tell my mom god's not real 
And she's like, okay, well, open the Bible, pray, and close your eyes, put your finger down, which is a terrible way to like try to hear from God. Because <laughs> what happens if it lands in Song of Songs and you're 13? You yeah. Know, it's like, that's not good. <laughs> but for me, it landed on Job 38. And Job 38 says, and then God speaks from the whirlwind to Job. Wow. And he says, who is this? Yes. That speaks to me this way. You gird up your loins and I will speak to you. Wow. And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> As a 13 year old, you know, so I feel like God, yeah, God has, God has been present, but yeah. you know, like yeah. I, I'm, I've not always been ready to hear. Right. Right. So you kind of answered um, my next couple of questions a little bit um, in regards to what is your call to worship. And I mean, you know, you're, I, I feel like your call to worship has been, you know, since age 15 to be a pastor, right? That you yeah, didn't follow through with it right away. No, you know, a, Yeah. Um, it, but it didn't take you that long, right? There's, there's some people that get their call to worship and they never follow through with it. Yeah. You know, they're afraid or, you know, they, they, they don't feel like they're up to it or they don't feel like they're worthy enough or whatever the case may be. Like for me, for example, I've always been singing since, you know, I said in my podcast, according, yeah, Yeah. according to my mom, (laughs) I've been singing since before I could even speak. Right. But not, not up until 2020 did I get like the actual, um, uh, not courage, but but um, kind of like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Passion, confidence, confidence, confidence. I asked the Lord to let me see myself the way that He saw me. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 to have that confidence that only comes from Him, because up until this point, I've been singing, but every time I sing. I, like you can even ask Michael. My husband's sitting here with us today. Hey, All right. So now I learned that the the recording stops at thirty minutes. So we're gonna talk really fast so that we can go ahead and get through this with this. No, I'm just kidding. We left off with uh, me speaking about uh, when I received my call to worship when I was three years old, according to my mom, um, and how now I have the confidence to be able to actually worship in spirit and in truth, and fully, like, with all of my soul, know that I have the confidence from the Lord to be able to do that, right? Um, And I asked uh, Asad if he is currently serving in an area where where your call is being used yeah right yeah so i'm currently serving at the orchard community church as the pastor there and uh, and you're meeting where and we are meeting at classical academy on woodward and so that's that's located in escondido on and sundays at 10 30 on sundays at 10 30 a.m and you can find all that information at www.orchardcc.org and uh, yeah, it's been an, an interesting time because uh, I'm serving there because that's where God has led me. Mm-hmm. And um, there's been a lot of, there's opportunities that are presented to me. There's opportunities that are available. There's churches that I know need help. And there's people that have called me and asked me to help them. And I've declined those things because I feel really clear on my call to help serve at the orchard mm-hmm. 
and uh, especially during this season, it's a, t- it's a tough season for the church. Churches yeah. everywhere have not. Yeah. So, so I'm feeling really good about that. And that's where I'm currently serving. Awesome. Are there any final thoughts that you want to leave for our listeners? Yeah, I do. I have some final thoughts. I would say um, make sure you subscribe yes. to this because uh, there are several things you can listen to and spend your time on during the week. But this one, I, this podcast is going to help you think about what it means to become a, a called worshiper mm. of God, Jesus. And I think that we need more of that today, more than ever. Yes. We need more clarity around our calling. Mm-hmm. And I think Eloisa, and I believe this about her, I think she's going to help you discover listener that's listening to me i think i think she's gonna help you discover help us all discover what it means what a calling truly is because it sounds like she's going on that path of discovery and so i really think um yeah make sure you subscribe make sure you listen um support in any way you can because this is one of those uh, ministries i I believe it's going to help you so that's one of my final thoughts Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Well, and I got to do two of these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> part one and part two. Yeah, it was, the pleasure was mine. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I hope that our listeners that are hearing this uh, can actually understand you a little bit more in depth in your call yeah. um, and, and see that uh, we all come from different calls right? So this, this whole podcast is about that going on the journey with different people and their different calls to worship because we've all been called in a different way. Um, your calling is not my calling. My calling is not my husband's calling. We are all so different, right? And, um, it doesn't matter how we're called as long as we actually respond to that call, um, eventually and serve the Lord in, in every aspect of our life, you yeah. know, and make that sacrifice. Um, I truly enjoyed getting to know a little bit more about you. I've, I've known you for the past six years yeah. and there's some stuff that I didn't know. So oh, thank you lot. so there's, much. There's a lot of skeletons in my <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. On the next episode. Yeah. Well, I'm thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I hope that you do uh, subscribe to this and I hope that you um, share with all of your loved ones, share share on social media. And if you're able to uh, support, please do so. Thank you so much and have a great day. God bless. Did you know that you can help support this podcast? There are different ways you can do so. You can click on the support link and make a monthly monetary donation to help keep this podcast going. You can follow this podcast. You can also share it on social media to all of your loved ones. You can also support with prayer. We worship a God that listens to his people when they pray to him. No matter what way you support, from the bottom of my heart, thank you.